Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message. Yeah, you hold me in your hands 
share something about uh, this young man. About, what was that? About a year and a half ago? A little bit more than a year and a half ago now, right? Almost two years now? Yeah. Almost two years ago, uh, Joe, I think, had finished, uh, graduated from college and decided to stay here in Charlotte. And uh, um, <clears throat> with his mom and dad. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it, it's quite something because um, up to that point, uh, I had been doing, you know, we had trying to figure things out, and I, Raquel, you kind of stole my thunder, but, uh, you know, we're trying to figure things out from a technology standpoint, and Joe, you know, is, is a very talented and skilled person as far as technology is concerned, and so he said, hey, you know, how, can, can, can I help with some of these? Yes, please. <laughs> you can more than just help it. Uh, and essentially, uh, Joe started, you know, tightening up our processes, done so much incredible work. And uh, uh, he is part of our staff, is our creative director, but he's got a love for other things. And so we started talking about young adults and uh, we started a young adults group and that young adults group is just flourishing and growing and it's just, wow. And all the young adults, all right, they're all right there. <clears throat> and uh, if you're not part of the young adults group and you are one of them, you should go because you'll, you'll be blessed. And, um, you know, and, and just, we, we just been seeing the fruit of, I believe, uh, incredible sowing from, on the part of Tina and Walton that have sowed in his life, uh, but also a tremendous amount of uh, character, love for Jesus. And, uh, and so it is not a surprise uh, to me that he said yes when I asked him to come and speak. And, you know, somebody prophetically uh, asked him a year ago, he says, Joe, get, get that message ready because you're going to be preaching. You know, next year you're going to be preaching. Uh, you know, you can blame it on Jim if you want to, but, uh, but I, I felt like it was time, and, and I really love and respect this young man. I really do. Uh, and uh, Joe, it's, it's just a, an honor for me to welcome you to this pulpit. So come on up. Hey, everybody. Good morning. So as David said, my name is Joe. Uh, I'm so glad to be here today. Yeah, they asked me to share, and I'm just so honored and excited to talk to you all and, and share the word. So uh, first off, I want to give a little background to me because not everybody knows me. Uh, like David said, I'm the creative director here at MCC. So what does that mean? That means that I help with making some of these slides. Um, I help on the AV booth. I help lead worship occasionally, and I, I help lead the young adults. 
Um, but another thing about me that you might not know is that I'm from the great country, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean state of Texas. Where, where are the Texans? Are there any Texans here? Woo! Yeah, yeehaw! Yeehaw! Barbecue! Beef! It's great! <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord. Thank you for the amazing worship, God. Thank you that you are so great, Lord. Thank you that you are so good. Holy Spirit, Lord, may the, the words I say, may the, may the meditations of my heart, Lord, be pleasing to you, God. May our hearts be open, Lord, our spirits be open to your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you know me or you know my dad, you might know that we love icebreakers. And so I'm going to do one today. So I want you to turn to a neighbor, introduce yourself if you don't know that person. I want you to answer this question. What creature scares you the most? I'm going to give you 20 seconds. Three, two, one, let's go. Okay, what do we got? What, what creature scares the most? Let's, let's go over here. Just shout it out. I heard snakes. Yeah, snakes are pretty scary. What about you guys? People. people. Oh, okay. I guess, yeah. Guys like John Wick, they're very scary people. What about you guys? Cockroaches and polar bears. Okay. I think, I heard polar bears are very scary. Yeah. I heard the dragon. <laughs> well, I looked it up because I like, I like looking these things up. And I looked up for the top uh, feared creatures. However, that wasn't actually a thing on, online. But I found the most feared creatures. So I looked up the top three. And for number three was bulls, surprisingly. I was like, okay, like, I think of bulls and cows. Cows are tasting me. They're not, they're not really, uh, they're not really that scary, but maybe in Spain they are. Um, the second one is vipers. Vipers. So it kind of goes with the snakes. But interestingly enough, though, that vipers and snakes are actually uh, separate. I, I'm not really sure why. I think maybe the longer fangs. And for number one, number one was spiders. Yeah. So for this study that I looked at, there were two axes. It was uh, most feared and most disgusted. And at the top of both of those lists were spiders. They're, they're vile creatures. Why do I bring this up? Um, it's talking about fear. You know, fear affects everybody. Uh, for me, I'm afraid of a number of things, or I used to be. Uh, for me, I used to be afraid of the dark. I don't know if anybody else feels that. Um, I like to think that I'm not anymore, but I was camping the other day. It was kind of dark, and I was like, Ee! I want some skinwalker jumping out. Um, <laughs> uh, for two, uh, Surprisingly, I don't really love talking to people. I have a little bit of stage fright. I know it's ironic given the circumstance and me playing guitar, but sometimes I don't really love talking to people. And third, I'm sometimes afraid of letting people down. You know, I'm a little bit of a people pleaser myself, and uh, that definitely scares me. You know, I have fear, and maybe you do too. And so that brings me to the problem that we have. The problem, I think, that is here is that the spirit of fear is doing damage to the kingdom of God. And more specifically, I believe the spirit of fear inhibits us from telling people about Jesus. You know, there's a lot of reasons for not sharing the gospel. I'll list a couple. Um, sometimes there's the lack of opportunity. Sometimes we feel that it's not the right time. Sometimes we don't have those people around us. Sometimes we feel that you know, it's just, there's nobody around us to share or that, that, that person isn't ready. Sometimes we have love of the world where we think very highly of ourselves. You know, we don't want that reputation to be tarnished. Um, sometimes we, 
love those relationships, the currency of relationships so much that we don't want those to change if we share the gospel. A third thing is lack of compassion or, or not caring enough. I, I think the minority of people are, are like, okay, I don't care at all about people, right? But I think the majority of us don't care as much as we ought to. And then there's fear. Fear is one of those big ones. I looked up a study, looked up a study uh, from 2020 from the Jesus Film Project, and they asked people, what keeps you back uh, from sharing the gospel? This was to, this was to Christians. And 40% said that it was fear-related. So things like fear of rejection, fear of feeling inadequate, 40% said it was fear-related. It reminds me of a story around eight years ago. I went, I, I went to Audrey Kell High School. Anybody go to Audrey Kell High School here? I guess not. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's nearby here. Okay. <laughs> and I remember it was eight years ago, and I was at the Audrey Kell High School pickup area waiting for my mother. And I was there, and then I saw this guy. I saw this guy. His name was Tiger. Okay. Who's this guy? I'll paint you a picture. So Tiger was this visiting Chinese student. So he was born in China, but he was coming over to uh, study and graduate from high school there. He was around 15, very confident guy. He was six foot one, 15 year old, six foot one. For Asian males, that's very tall. I, I, know, there's, I know there's Yao Ming, but he's, a, he's the exception, okay? Uh, six foot one, 15 years old, very tall, 200 pounds. Big guy, big guy. He was very strong, very athletic. He was one of the best in his sport in China. I believe that he was a candidate for the Olympics. Very confident. You know, when Chinese people come over to the States, they typically have a Chinese name. Uh, and so that when they come over, they, they, they choose an English one, such as like Kevin or Alex. But in this case, my boy Tiger was like, call me Tiger, because he was born the year of the tiger, right? But also because he felt like a tiger. Uh, confident guy. And I remember seeing him. I didn't know him. And, and I felt like God was saying to me, go talk to him. Go invite him to youth group. And I looked at it and I just pondered and I said, no, 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 God, no, I'm not going to do that. Because <laughs> I was afraid, right? I was, I was a smaller person back then. I'm a little big, big, bigger now, but I was around 160, right? I was 5'8 and a half. That half does count. Um, I was a stranger. I, I didn't know him at all. I'd only heard his name in passing with a name like Tiger. You know, you, you definitely hear about those type of things. And uh, I was, even though I'm very extroverted, I, I'm not it's kind of hard for me in new situations, like a lot of us. I didn't want to because I was scared. At the end of the day, I believe a lot of the reasons I listed before why we don't share the gospel are related to fear. I think it comes all down to fear. Let's look at that list. We look at the lack of opportunity. What does that stem from? I think it comes from a fear of discomfort. We don't want to go outside our comfort zone and actually have to interact with people who may not know Jesus. You know, sometimes we live in a bubble as Christians where the only friends we know are, are Christians. And then I think about Jesus. I think about Jesus who went to those places. He went to Samaria. He went into the places that we would typically consider not so great places to create opportunity so he could speak to them. And I understand that there are times when God may tell us not to share. I, I totally understand that, right? Sometimes it's not the timing. God says, not right now, right? But I think the vast majority of the time, something else holds us back. And I think that's fear. We look at love of the world. Like I said earlier, right? It's, it's this fear of tainting our image, right? I think it, it stems from the fear of rejection. 
that we sometimes love the things, the current state of things so much that we don't want them to change. We're afraid that those people that we love, but we're afraid that they will reject us. And then third, lack of compassion. Like I said, it's, I think the minority is like, I don't care at all. I think many of us, though, lack caring enough. I think that stems from the fear of having to care too much for those who we typically wouldn't care for. Right, in today's society, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but um, we have a very narcissistic culture right now. Yeah. Sometimes we're all about self-care. It's all about me, 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 that we fear of having to care too much, to, to go out and feel that discomfort, feel that rejection. It's just that effort, right? Oh, it might take too much of my mental energy or I, I can't get my rest, you know? And not, there's nothing wrong with rest, don't get me wrong. But I think many times it makes the gospel lower priority. Now, I understand you can't be everything to everybody, but we can be Jesus to some people we might, might not typically care for. Yeah, we put the gospel as a lower priority than other things. And it ends up tra- translating to us being busy. Like, oh, you know, I know I should do that, but, you know, that gospel thing's kind of low there. I'm not going to create that time, that space, that availability. Sometimes it's such a low priority that sometimes we have non-Christian friends who we don't even tell about Jesus. I looked at another study. I like, I like statistics. Um, in 2016, there was a study by Lifeway, and that's a Christian organization that looks into studies, and they asked unchurched Americans um, about, about their friends telling them about Jesus. And 47% that they would freely talk about Christ, but their Christian friends just don't tell them. They would have a they would be freely open to have a full-on conversation. The other statistic was that 31, another 31, so there's 47, then there's 31 out of the big 100. 31% said that they wouldn't mind just listening to a conversation about Jesus. Right? They wouldn't have a dialogue, but they wouldn't mind just hearing about him. If we add those things, the two things together, because I like math, 78% at least wouldn't mind listening to a conversation about Jesus. Think about that. Right. And then there was another study, and this one broke my heart a little bit. It says only 29% of unchurched say that their Christian friends have told them how to become a Christian. You know, 29, 30%, that's not bad. But what about the other 71? 71. They have Christian friends, but they don't tell them about God. They don't tell them about the love of their soul. It reminds me of the verse Romans 10, 14. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can, how can they know if they don't hear? Right? We don't necessarily be preaching, but we least got to say it. That's 71%. 71%. I think there's a problem. But I think the Bible actually has a solution for this. So, thank you, God. And I think we can find it in 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 14. Now I'll give you a little bit of context because the young adults know I love context before I, I share a verse. And the context is this, that this is Paul, Apostle Paul. He's sitting in jail and he's writing to Timothy. 
And it's believed by many in the church that this is, these are his last days. They believe that actually after, after he wrote this, uh, he was executed. And he was under the impression that these are the last things he will be able to say to his protege, Timothy. Because Timothy is about to take over the church. And when I read this, I typically always thought of it as a deliverance pa- uh, passage. Think, you know, I don't got fear, but I got power, love, and sound mind. I used to always think that, and although that is true, the thing is that I realize it's all about the gospel. It's all in the context of the gospel. So as I read this passage, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine yourself as Timothy. Right? You're, gonna, you're receiving this letter knowing that when you read this, that your mentor who taught you a lot of the things you know is passed on, that he's in heaven. That you're about to take on this mantle of the church. So let's read. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gives spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Now follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Amen. So what do we learn? What's the solution to this? I think the first thing is to be convinced. We look at that verse before it says, uh, where is it? It's right here. I am convinced that he's able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. What has been entrusted to us? The Holy Spirit. So let's look at that next slide. Be convinced the Holy Spirit is with you. Holy Spirit is with you. And how is he with us? He gives us uh, these things, right? It says in that verse seven that he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. So let's look and dive into those pieces. Let's look at power first. What is power? Well, power is the word dunamis. It's used 117 times in the New Testament for those who like the Bible trivia there, right? Um, And some people think that this is just the essence of endurance or perseverance. And although I do think there's that aspect of it, I think it's far more than that. It's the pursuing power of God that overcomes the fear we have and gives us everything we need to obey him. It's the divine power, the supernatural power of God that is used to describe the works of Jesus. It's described in Acts 1.8. You will receive dunamis power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is supernatural power. This is legit. Okay. We can see these are the things described in Mark 16 uh, as Jesus is about to leave uh, the earth. He tells this to his disciples. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. It's the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. 
Here's the dunamis power. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Yeah, snakes. Um, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. This is the kind of dunamis power that God, replaced, that, that God gives us instead of the spirit of fear. It reminds me of another story where I was at a Chinese regional conference um, in the Chinese church, because that's where I grew up. Uh, they have regional conferences where a bunch of churches from all over the area come. And I remember I was, it was night, I was in my cabin at the end of that retreat. And one of my friends didn't know Jesus. And another one of my friends had these back problems. And the problem was that the doctors didn't know why he had these back problems. They, they couldn't diagnose it. They didn't know what was going on. And so I saw my friend who didn't know Jesus, and I was like, huh, it would be really cool <laughs> if uh, God did something really amazing. And so I prayed for my friend with the back problems. I remember I prayed for him, and I didn't know what exactly what I was doing, but I was like, God, show me the, the reasons for um, his back problems. And, then, and so it was really cool. I actually, I saw like, his body like a hologram, and I saw little pieces like highlight, and I prayed specifically for those things. And after we prayed, he was healed. Praise God. Praise God. And it was so awesome. And, and, and the thing was, my friend who didn't know Jesus was able to see that. He was able to witness the supernatural power of God. He planted a powerful seed that he cannot easily deny. It's all to say that God has released more than enough power to do what he wants us to do, especially when we share the gospel. He's going to provide for us. He's going to give us everything that we need. Let's talk about the second thing, right? God does not give us a spirit of fear, but power and love. Now, what is this love? This is the agape love. This is, there are a lot of different kinds of love out there, right? You might have heard a sermon on that. But this is like the, this is like the top dog. This is a big gun. This is the RPG, right? It's the agape love. This is the love that says, even though we might say no to God, God says, I still love you. It's the unconditional love of the Father, right? And if we put ourselves back into Timothy's shoes, when Timothy is feeling afraid, when he, I mean, I imagine he felt a little bit afraid, right? You know that your mentor just passed on. You know that there's a lot of pressure taking on a big mantle. When he's feeling afraid, he can find comfort, the God of all comfort. He can find that God has this agape love for him. That even as his friends and his family might be persecuted, he might feel that breaking of his heart. He knows that God still loves him, that God still finds favor and smiles upon him. It's that receiving idea that we receive the love of God. We love because he first loved us. There's a giving aspect to that too. We receive the love of God, but we also are motivated by it. Love motivates us to do things that we wouldn't typically do. I don't know if you guys know an artist by the name of Sean Mendez. Um, he's a very uh, good-looking guy. Uh, he wrote, a, uh, he wrote a, a song called There's Nothing Holding Me Back. It might have inspired parts of my uh, uh, title. And I remember he wrote this song called There's Nothing Holding Me Back. And I want to read you the lyrics of this. And this is not a Christian song, just, just, just a disclaimer. It says, oh, I've been shaken. I love it when you go crazy. You take all my inhibitions. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. You take me places, okay, I'm not going to sing it. You take me places that tear up my reputation, manipulate my decisions. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. Now, this is not a Proverbs 31 woman. I don't want you to, to go after a girl like this. Please, all you kids, just 
That's not the type of girl you want to go for, right? But, uh, but he loves this girl so much that even though she tears up his reputation, manipulates him, really do not go for a girl like this. He still loves her. He's willing to do all these crazy things for her. And how much more should we be willing to do potentially crazy things in the world's eyes for the greatest agape love from God? How much more? Right? It's the idea of receiving and giving that unconditional love. Now that brings us to our last thing. Right? God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. So let's go to the next slide. If we look at the Greek word, I don't know how to say that, so I'm not going to, but the idea, though, is that, uh, it's, it's that our thoughts are in order, that we have careful, rational, sensible, clear thinking. It's a type of sound mind that uh, we're not distracted by emotion. When fear hits, we can focus our eyes on Jesus, that we can be centered on the truth of the word of God, so that when we're lied to by the enemy, we can hear clearly from him. I want to address some of the fears that were discussed with that 40%, where we said that uh, Christians didn't share the gospel because it was related to fear. And in that 40%, I know that doesn't add up to 40%, these are just some of the highlights. Some of them had fear of rejection, fear of inadequacy, hostility, some were shy. So I want to address each of these so that we can practice that sound mind. So let's look at the fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. You don't want to be rejected that, by, that, by those people. We can look at Romans 8, 37 to 39. It says, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God is Christ Jesus our Lord. Even though we might be rejected by the world, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen? Amen. That's rejection. Let's say your fear of being inadequate, or you feel like you're unequipped. Let's look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared us in our, in our mother's womb. He knit us. He knew and built us to do good works. But God, I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I can share. You know, you should share. You should, you should learn how to share your testimony. No doubt you should maybe learn a little bit of apologetics, but you were designed to do this thing. You can do it. But God, I, I still don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't have the arguments in my head. I don't know exactly what to say. Well, that's why we look at Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That even when we, maybe we don't know all the apologetic arguments, that's fine. But let's say we're a little awkward. Let's say we're a little bit shy even in our approach. If we're following him, if we're called according to his purpose, I think sharing the gospel is part of that. If we're in love with Jesus, he can adjust that. He can, he can make our, our failures, our weakness, into our strength. He can turn those things for good. Now the last one is hostility, fear of hostility and being shy. And we look at Joshua 1.9. This is when the angel of the Lord is speaking to Joshua as he's about to take on the walls of Jericho. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That even in the midst of hostility, even when they may be even attacking you or you might be hurt, 
the Lord is with you. That you can be strong and courageous. You don't have to be afraid. And with shyness, right? I'm like, oh God, I'm, you know, I, I don't like talking to people. You know, I'm a little shy myself. Um, but it's okay. Because God is with me. The God of the universe, who has the whole world in his hand, is with me. Be strong and courageous. Now the second thing that we need to be convinced of, right? we have the Holy Spirit is with us. The second thing is that the gospel is good. Amen. It is good. I think we know this in our minds, right? But is the good news really that good? I, I think it is. I think it is. Does the benefit of sharing the gospel outweigh the cost? Yes, it does. I believe it does. I think for two reasons. First off, because you are blessed when you share the, the gospel. It says that in 1 Peter 3.14, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, even when they hurt you. If you're doing the right thing, you are blessed. No matter the outcome, God still loves you. His favor is upon you. You're righteous in his eyes. And the second thing is that because a personal relationship with Jesus is that life-changing. It's because it's so good. And I have to ask you, is your relationship with Jesus that life-changing? Is it so good that you want to share? It kind of reminds me of kind of this analogy, right? Let's say there was a great restaurant, right? They had the highest quality of lobster tails. We got, uh, can you go to the next slide? Highest quality of lobster tails, the best uh, prime rib or filet mignon. And then there's a crepe cake thing over there. That's, that's pretty good too, but like, Maybe, maybe like raw oysters or something. That, that's, that's fancy, right? Let's say it had the highest quality of that. But on top of that, it was $10. What if it was $10? And not only that, it was a buffet. <laughs> well, what if it was like that, you know? Ooh. Sign me up, right? Who would you tell? Who would you tell? Would you tell your friend, your neighbor, your church? I hope that you would tell me. Um, because, I, I, you know, it's good food, right? Um, who would you tell? And why wouldn't you tell them? Is an eternal life with Christ far greater than a mere buffet? Why? Because the gospel, it's not, it's not just good for your soul, and it's not just, uh, well, it's not really tasty, but the gospel offers forgiveness of sins. No matter what we've done, the gospel offers forgiveness of sins. It gives us purpose in life. When you might not feel that, he might feel like a failure. He gives us purpose in life. He gives us acceptance into the wonderful family of God. And most importantly, he gives us a personal relationship with the God of the universe who loves us so much. What's stopping you from sharing this amazing thing? Now, you might agree with this. You might say, okay, yeah, Joe, uh, the Holy Spirit's with me. The gospel's good. I know that. But what if I don't feel that love for the lost? I don't have that desire still. You know, because feelings are important. But I don't feel that love for the lost. Two things. One, pray. Pray that God would change your heart. That the things that break God's heart would break your heart. That your mind would be transformed. That you become more like Jesus. Be like many Jesuses in the words of Keith Green. And to go to church. If you don't feel that love for the lost, go to church. Surround yourself with people who love God and love others because it'll rub off on you. 
if you don't feel that love, spend time with your family in Christ. Because they can encourage you, they can inspire you, even when you don't feel inspired. Here's the other solution. We gotta step out in faith. We gotta go and tell. Right, we got the theory, now we got the practice. And I know you guys might have heard a sermon like this before. You might have heard this first preach before. Do we actually do these things? Do we actually, are we actually convinced of these things? Do we ask God for power, love, and sound mind when we feel afraid? If we do, where's the fruit? Right? Where's the fruit? Are we seeing people come to know Jesus? Are we simply letting the superstar believers share the gospel? Are we all actually doing it together? Are we? Do we actually trust God? Do we believe what he's, do we believe what he says? I want to continue that story with, about Tiger. You know, I, I told God, I was, I was on the, I was pickup land, right? And I said, God, no, I'm not going to do that, Lord. Then I felt this surreal peace, this visor down moment. It was like a kind of moment. And I was like, ooh. And I felt God said to me, you gotta do this. You have to do this. I said, okay, God. So I walked over, walked over a long distance. I was walking to, to my boy Tiger. Remember, I hadn't, I hadn't met this guy before. I said, hey, Tiger, I'm Joe. He looked at me, he's like, well, I looked up, actually, because I was pretty short. And he looked down and said, all right. And I said, Tiger, would you like to come to youth group with me? And he looked at me. He looked at my optimistic eyes. He said, no. I was like, and I was like, okay. And then conveniently, my mom had driven up just at that moment. And I was like, okay, bye. And so I, I ran back and I got in the car and then we drove off. And I was like, okay, God, well, you know, I, I did it. I did it, Lord. Um, later that night, I was in youth group. I was in the basement of Carmel Baptist and I was playing for my church youth group. Now the corner of my eye, I see this hulk of a man, tiger, walk through the door. Because of that, it led to him connecting with counselors and other kids in the youth group. What had happened was that my friend uh, was also beside him, actually, who knew him a little bit better. And because of my prompting, he was like, oh, I have a car. You should come with me later on. You know? And, he, and, it, and it led him to connect with all these amazing people, and he felt the love of God. Speed up a couple days. It was the last day of school. And I was with my friends. I was with Tiger. And we were watching anime, because that's what the cool kids do, right? Um, and I remember that this was, there wasn't much time left for Tiger. Not because he was going to die, don't, don't get me wrong. It's because it was his last day in Charlotte, that he was going to move to South Carolina. So I was, I was like, huh, I don't got too much time left, God. And I felt that God was saying, you need to share the gospel with him. And because of what happened earlier with the whole meet being awkward and he coming in, um, I was like, okay, God, okay, God. So I said, Tiger, let's go to the other room. So we went to the other room. We sat down, I shared with him the gospel. I said, you know, God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son to die for you. If, you, if you're with, you know, if you believe in him, um, you know, you'll go to heaven. 
Would you like to trust in Christ? And I looked at him with optimistic eyes once again. He said to me, no. <laughs> I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? Ah. And then the Holy Spirit pressed on me to ask again. And I, and I put my hand on his shoulder and I said to him, Tiger, you know, man, I really want to see you in heaven one day. I don't want you to go to hell. I want to walk the streets of gold with you. He didn't exactly know what that meant, but I said, I want to walk the streets of gold with you, man. I want to see you in paradise. And then he paused. He nodded, yes. So I said, Tiger, um, that's great. Um, how about we pray and just repeat after me? He said, okay. So I prayed, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. And he said that. God, I believe that your, your son, Jesus, came to this earth and died for me, for my sins. And because of that, God, you're the, the Lord of my life. You're the boss. Boss. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what happened. And then we hugged each other. We cried a little bit. Well, I cried a, little, I cried a lot. He didn't cry as much. We hugged, right? And I followed up with him recently. He's studying the Bible on his own. He just finished Genesis. Um, he's moving on to Exodus. He's searching for Christian community. He's in China right now, so it's a little bit difficult there. But he's still seeking, still growing. I'm confident that he who began a good work in Tiger will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Mm. You know, someone had to tell him about Jesus. And I asked myself if I hadn't been the little awkward kid who was like, hey, would you like to come to youth group? I asked myself if I hadn't done that, what would have happened? I'm just so glad I did. That I, that I listened to the Holy Spirit. So now, you know, if, if, if this message is speaking to you, I invite you to accept this challenge. And the challenge is this, to invite a non-believer to church, someone who doesn't know Jesus. Invite them to church. Invite them to your community group or YA group or youth group, whatever it might be. And at the very least, have a spiritual conversation with someone who doesn't know God. That might mean that um, you bring up the meaning of life or something like that, but allow Jesus to come into the conversation. I, I know we know this, but I think, do we do this, right? right? So let's pray, let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your son. Thank you for the good news. Thank you for God. Thank you, Lord, that you are, <laughs> you give us power, love, and sound mind even when we feel afraid. God, we bind and cast out that spirit of fear. You do not belong in any of these people, God. We are your people, Lord, and we will stand strong and courageous for you, God. That, fe that spirit of fear, of rejection, we command you to go. That feeling of feeling inadequate, we tell you to go in Jesus' name. For timid, we tell that to go as well because you have no place here. We are God's people. We were designed to do this. Never come back.
In return, Holy Spirit, would you give us the power, Lord, the dunamis power, Lord, to carry out your supernatural works, Lord. Give us that power. Give us that assurance that we have everything that we need from you. Give us that agape love, Lord, that's unconditional. Use that to comfort us, Lord, when we feel, feel tired and we feel sad. Would you use that love, Lord, to motivate us to do the things that no other man has done before so that we can do the things like Jesus, Lord, even greater things. And God, give us that sound mind, Lord, that, that peace that only comes from that, that, that transcends all understanding, Lord. Give us that clarity of thought so that when, when the enemy attacks, Lord, we can fight with a big sword, with the big sword of the word of God. Give us that, Lord. Give us that. God, you say, Lord, that the harvest is plentiful, but the, the laborers are few. God, we will be your laborers. Lord, Mission Community Church will be your laborers. Even if no one else does, Lord, we will be your people, God. And we'll bring in a, a great, great harvest. That those souls that are right now destined for hell, Lord, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would go out, put fear aside, Lord, so that their names would be taken off that trip to hell, Lord, and be written in the book of life. We ask for souls, Lord. We ask that we would rise up, Lord, with your courage, with your strength, Lord, and fight the, the enemy head on. We ask this of you, God. Give us love. Give us power. Give us sound mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.